This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Ryan Horvat, Nick Ashew tonight. Uh, you know, Ryan, the more I think about it, we kind of just stumbled on it at the end of the segment. 30-1 to right now, Anthony Edwards to win MVP. The Timberwolves have the best record in the NBA, and you're still getting him at 30-1. to that's sustainable. The, that's the thing. You got to bet that it's sustainable or hope that it's sustainable. But at 30 to 1, Anthony Edwards has been talked about as an MVP for the, like future MVP for the last couple of years. Oh yeah. So, I mean, it hasn't moved yet. I'm I'm looking at it 30 to 1 at BetMGM for which, the best player on the best team, man, which means they're going to move it as you know how this goes. They change it quickly. How many times have we watched the odds change quick. in front of us when we talk about it? And we know we know your tricks. Yeah, I'm looking at you guys at BetMGM. I'm looking right at you. Most improved player last year. They moved the odds literally during a segment. And I like that team. I mean, I liked them last year. I was wrong on them last year. But uh, they figured some stuff out this year. And Gobert looks like that was the right move to make. I didn't hate the trade, but then I I felt stupid not hating it when they looked horrible together last year. But then you realize they didn't get to play a lot. And now it seems like it's maybe working. Minnesota's talented. It's just keeping that thing together and, you know. Regular season matters more to them than it maybe would the Nuggets. And that's and that's a good thing because obviously yep. MVP a regular yep. season award. And we don't need him to be Finals MVP. Exactly. That's that's the difference. All right. One. Pete Medhurst is the voice of Navy football, also Nats and Ravens radio network. And one thing that people don't know about Pete is he knows everything about every sport, including Canadian football. So Ryan, if you want to ask him anything about the CFL, he can get you on that too, if you want. Uh, but let, let's start with this game coming up on Saturday here. Last year, first ever overtime game. I was out in Annapolis watching that game. People are going crazy, and the game actually went over. It just feels like every year you kind of look at this game, Pete, and go, "Well, you still got to take the under. You still got to take the under." What do you expect from this game coming up, the t- uh, totals twenty seven and a half, and Navy's a two and a half point dog in this. I mean, it took overtime for it to go over last year. Let's get that out of the way because yeah. regulation it did go uh, under. I mean, look, service academy unders have almost been automatic, almost like Iowa Minnesota games uh, throughout the course of history. I, I I don't see any kind of a pattern where you know if you want to play the over. Go ahead. I mean, is 20 to 17 possible? I think that's really the apex of it. Um, I I don't see either team, uh, you know, based on what they've done, certainly what they've shown here recently, I don't see this thing getting above, you know, 35 or or 37 points. I think the one thing, too, that helps here, it's, I mean, I. I, That was a big balls through. This is an unbelievable less mistress, more side piece. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the wizard.
every single Saturday this college football season from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern. Outright, or even just cover the two and a half, and I'm hoping we get back to three. I don't know if we get there, though. What do they have to do? I mean, it's easy to say they have to run the ball, play mistake-free football, but what would be the key to the game for Navy to win outright or keep this one close, in your opinion? We have guys that can get explosive plays, and those guys have to get an explosive player, too. I really believe that's the case. Eli Heidenreich, Alex Tesca uh, at the running back position, both very capable. Xavier Arline at the quarterback spot. Both guys can go 60 in the blink of an eye. The Mids are going to need plays like that, I think, in this game. Uh, if if they're a, if they're going to win, but b, uh, I, I think if you're you know you're going to score a couple of touchdowns in this game, those are going to be uh, how they have to come. Heidenreich also incredibly effective uh, in the air game as well as a receiver. He's made several big plays through the course of this season uh, for the Mids. So you know it, it almost reminds me of when Navy was in that long you know streak that you mentioned. The Mids had what I thought was a speed advantage through those years. They were just faster all over the field. Now, Jeff Munkin coming to Army has, has helped close the gap talent-wise. They've been much more competitive. As you mentioned, they've won four of, of six in that time. But I think, I think this is one year, though, where Navy now has reacquired some of that speed that maybe had been deficient uh, in their lineup the last couple of years. And I think it can really... Uh, you know, as long as they don't turn the football over, I think that speed can really be effective, um, you know, for some explosive plays coming up on Saturday. Obviously, this is always the tradition. You get a standalone game, Army-Navy, and then we get into bowl season. That starts in 10 days, and there's it's a lot more chaotic now in college football, Pete, because, like, I, I, I'm just, <laughs> I mean, Ryan and I were both sit- – yeah, I mean, Ryan and I were sitting here earlier, like, for one, going into bowl season, whether you just want to watch a game or you're going to bet on it or whatever, like – you got to kind of keep an eye on who's going to play in those games. But it wasn't like a ton of names necessarily sitting out. Now we've got the transfer portal and guys all over the place moving. Like, I'm all for players getting an opportunity, especially if the coach that recruited them leaves, to go somewhere else, expand their careers. I mean, look at everybody that's a finalist for the Heisman. I mean, three of the four, all transfers. You know, we've seen Kyle mm-hmm. McCord leaving Ohio State. Now Dylan Gabriel's transferring again. And you kind of go down this list. Are you at the point, like, do you look at this and say this is good for college football with the floodgates open the way that it is? Or do you look at this and say they're going to have to try to temper this somehow because it's getting to be a little too much? I think the pro- Nick, I think the problem is this. The time to temper it has already passed. Uh, they could, mm-hmm. I, I think at any point over the last 10 years, if you put schools in a position and say, hey, you can give your 85 scholarship athletes because you uh, – walk-ons should not and would not qualify for this. But you can give your 85 scholarship athletes $5,000 in some way, shape, or form. You could have nipped all of this in the bud, and Mm -hmm. we're probably not having the discussions that we're having right now. Um, what, What happened was, you know, you had a leader who just sat there and did nothing and let these teams... I mean, look... You don't need you don't need Charlie Baker as the head of the NCAA. Greg Sankey's the most powerful man in college athletics. I think we found out another you know uh, addition of that this weekend. Now because of what's happened, 
how do you put the genie back in the bottle once the soda's out of the bottle? I mean, I got a soda right here. If I pour it out, okay, <laughs> it's going to be incredibly hard for me to put it back in. Okay, so now that we've allowed all of this, and I guess now we're in the final phase of the COVID athletes, so maybe it's not as dramatic as 1,200 guys on day one of the transfer portal entering it. Um, you know, maybe it calms a little bit in terms of the total number uh, because you won't have as many grad guys mixing in with the transfer portal guys. I think it's terrible for the traditional part of college football. But no matter who's playing on these teams, Nick, look at what happened on Saturday. You had 22 million people at one point watching Alabama versus Georgia. Yep. And it could be me. It could be you guys. We could be wearing the A. We could be wearing the G. We could have, a, you know, the red helmet with the numbers on the side. And you know what? People are going to watch us because it's brands. It's Alabama. It's Georgia. The question ultimately becomes is programs like Army and Navy. It's a standalone game. It's got an amazing TV contract. It's got amazing sponsorship that's involved in it. But who's to who's going to help the Toledos, the Miami of Ohio's, the bottom level of Conference USA, UMass, right down the street here. I mean, who's helping those schools survive in, in all of this? They're not getting any big money contracts. They're not playing in a league that's got a big money deal. I can't even tell you, SMU getting, you know, not getting chosen over Liberty, $10 million at stake just for that berth alone. Liberty gets Conference USA being in that New Year's Six Bowl. That's more money than Conference USA's probably had in the last five years. So just Liberty going undefeated against the worst schedule in the history of college football um, is a $10 million payday for that league. So it means something for them. But ultimately, how are those teams going to survive, unlike the other schools who obviously have plenty of dollars? And Charlie Baker, the new president, basically said, hey, yeah, there's a model out there where you know the top groups can probably break away and, and pay their guys what, what they want. And you know we'll have to see what happens you know somewhere down the road here. Yeah, I feel like there's so much good. There's also, like, a lot of bad. There's a lot of good. I mean, like, mm-hmm. if you look at, like, the transfer portal, Michael Penix and Bo Nix, I mean, if Michael Penix stays at Indiana, Bo Nix stays at Auburn, they probably, you know, aren't looked at as pro prospects like they are right now. And Michael Penix, he's playing, uh, obviously, against Texas. They're four-point dogs. I wanted to ask you about that, kind of, like, sticking with this, the college football playoff. Do you think that they did get it right? Because, I mean, Florida State, it sucks that they lose their starting quarterback. But also, they went 12-0. and Non-conference, they beat LSU. They had a road win over Clemson. I get Clemson was a little down this season. But, I mean, 12-0, ACC champ, and they get left out. Do you think the playoff committee got it right? If we're trying to choose the teams that are playing the best football right now, the answer is obvious, yes. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure you can find – I mean, you want to include Georgia in the conversation? Maybe. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, but these four teams that are going to be competing are playing the best football in the country – Right now, if if the Florida State entry has Jordan Travis and they're at full speed, uh, you know, full strength, maybe we have a different conversation. But the, ultimately, this came down to if Georgia wins that game, Florida State's in. Because once Alabama won and they're like, well, well my gosh, we've got to take the SEC champion. They've only got one loss. Well, you couldn't take Alabama without taking Texas. So then that, that gave them the easy excuse to leave Florida State out because Travis is not going to be part of uh, of the uh, of the equation, I, I equate it to when Kenyon Martin got hurt for Cincinnati uh, years ago when they yeah. were a number one seed when Bob Huggins was coaching there, and clearly they weren't the same team without him in the NCAA tournament. Whether we want to admit that or not, and look, I love Mike Norvell. Uh, when Mike was at Memphis, had 
awesome conversations with him one-on-one at Media Day. He's an incredibly likable guy, and he's done an amazing job with that football program because I think 90% of Seminole Nation at one point wanted him out. Um, And all he's done is fight through all of that adversity and build them back uh, into a powerhouse uh, in the ACC. But based on their reasoning, without their quarterback, they're not the same team. Um, To the point you made, though, the criteria, winning against LSU on a a neutral, um, you know, beating another SEC team and then winning on the road at Clemson in their league, you, you want that to count for something? And then everybody brings up the Ohio State uh, example when they won the whole thing with Cardell Jones. So even though it seems improbable, it's not impossible. And with that defense, Florida State could probably compete uh, a, a little bit. But you know, based on the reasoning that the, the committee came up with, I, I get it. Is it great? No. But, you know, mm-hmm. did they get the best four teams playing right now? Probably. Well, luckily, we'll have 12 teams next year, so teams 13 and 14 we can argue about as opposed to teams 5 and 6, Pete. So that would be good. Talking to Pete Medhurst, BetMGM tonight. Got about 90 seconds left or so here. Want to at least jump into the Ravens real quick with you. Seven-point favorites against the Rams coming up this weekend. But even just besides this game, when you look at this Ravens team, obviously Lamar Jackson healthy in December is key. How would you compare them to some of the other Ravens teams, given the fact that now a new offensive coordinator and some new weapons for Lamar Jackson to finally throw to? Because, I mean, they got a chance to get the number one seed in the AFC. Nick, it's the best offensive group they've had in a while, skill set wise. Um, doesn't matter whether it's running. Um, as I said, the day they they signed him, you know, as soon as the draft was over, Keaton Mitchell's turning into an explosive player for them. He's been a nice addition here later on in the campaign. But you look at the wide receivers, even as deep as Nelson Aguilar making big plays uh, for them. Isaiah likely filled in very admirably in the first game for Mark Andrews with four big catches. Uh, for them. It's the best skill players Lamar's ever had around him. The ultimate question is going to be, can the offensive line stay healthy? If they can maintain some modicum of health, um, they've got a great chance here because I think the defense is elite. I think that defensive group right now, the guys in the secondary have played far better even without Marlon Humphrey than you could have ever imagined uh, right now. Jadavion Clowney looks like a, a, a reborn man. Kyle Van Noy, have come, both those guys have come in and been fantastic. I think the defense is fantastic. So, yes, it's the best group Lamar's had to work with. Yes, they can get the top seed. But, man, after this Rams game, those last four games are humdingers uh, for the Ravens. But the bye week came at a perfect time for them. They were beaten up a little bit. They needed the rest, and they got it. And I think they're going to be rested and rejuvenated and ready to go here uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, I like them against the Rams, even though the Rams are playing really well. I think that's a a Ravens game at home. It's perfect for them. Uh, Pete Methurst. Navy play-by-play, Nats Radio Network, Ravens Radio Network, even Rosecroft Raceway. This guy calls the ponies, umpires softball. You're still umpiring, right? You still doing the umpiring? Still umpiring. In fact, I start refereeing basketball for the 36th season coming up on Monday night. That is, I mean, it is literally, this man never sleeps. He's always got things that he's doing. Good to see you again, man. Always good to see you guys. Appreciate it. There Thanks he so goes, much. Pete Medhurst. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, as long as Lamar Jackson stays healthy, I, I really. That's and right. That was the caveat, just like Tua and the Dolphins. Which I'm hoping now we've gotten all of the bad luck for quarterbacks out of the way in the NFL. We, yeah, we got man. enough quarterback injuries. Yeah, I mean, we get injuries every season, but man, yeah. the quarterback position this year it's been wild. I don't remember a year ever like this. 
So many quarterback injuries. I don't think we've ever had a year like this. No. It, it's, Especially it's the as, way we protect him now. It's Right. It's as bad as it's ever been, and backup quarterback's just going to continue to make more money because this is the example of why you got to have that backup. It's BetMGM tonight.